0: WEEI Studios, 93.7, W-E-E-I-F M fm and HD1, Lawrence, Boston. We're always live on the free Odyssey app. Ad.
1: Number three of the Rich Keith show with Fitzy here on WEI, another full tank program for you. taking up until 10 o'clock. If you miss any of the show, you can check out the Rich Keith show podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch the show on Twitch. Just go to twitch.tv slash Boston WEI to watch all the shows from 6 a all the way up until 10 P but Fitzy, let's start this hour talking uh, Patriots offensive coordinator search it seems like they have interviewed, what, close to a dozen people now trying to uh, get this thing done? Uh, yeah, I
2: believe it's uh, this one goes to 11.
1: All right, so we're we're, uh, we're getting close. The next one will be a dirty dozen. Uh, Nick Cayley, former uh, Patriots tight end coach, was with the Patriots for a while, spent one year with the Rams. Uh, Gerard Johnson of the Texans, Thomas Brown of the Panthers, Tanner Engstrom of the Lions. Mm -hmm. Brian Fleury and Clint Kubiak of the 49ers, Luke Getzey of the Bears, Scott Turner of the Raiders. They also previously interviewed guys who've taken jobs. Shane Waldron's with the Bears now. Dan Pitcher stayed with the Bengals. And no surprise, Zach Robinson went to the Falcons with Raheem Morris. Out of all those guys, I wanted Shane Waldron and Zach Robinson the most. Yep. No surprise they have already uh, scooped up jobs None of these other guys really have – well, Thomas Brown was the OC with the Panthers. All these other guys, though, are passing game coordinators, which is like a direct path to being an offensive coordinator, it seems like, or like tight ends coaches, quarterbacks coaches. What do you make of the list of people they have brought in to
2: interview? Uh, I think it's r- r- way bigger than I would have ever anticipated. <laughs> yeah. uh, so uh, I was just looking up Clint Kubiak. Uh, he is 36 years old. Like Gary's uh, kid, obviously. I was I was just gonna say, like I, I, I can't readily or immediately identify if it is right yeah, it is right there. You would imagine of so. It okay. Is. So all right. So I don't mind a little lineage in there, but to me what it says is they want to go different. They're gonna go away from anyone that had anything to do with or contributed to the Earhart Perkins McDaniels Weiss O'Brien offense.
1: Are you ready to rule out McDaniels? Yes. Awesome. I hope you're right. Yeah, I mean, he's not in here, but he's also not the guy they really... I mean, yes, you would have to interview him before you give him the job, but Kraft knows him pretty great.
2: Right. Josh McDaniels would probably, like, I bet you if he had the time, and, uh, you know, I, I don't know what the circumstances would necessarily be. Let's say Josh McDaniels were to work in Houston, or even maybe, let's say, Philadelphia. When you've got a lot of pre-existing talent, mm-hmm. Josh McDaniels bringing some sort, some iteration of the Patriots system, I believe, would probably work out. But if Josh McDaniels is going to come in, new coach, new receivers, some new tight ends, m- largely new offensive line, new head coach, who he's familiar with, but still, his first time calling plays or overseeing the entire operation. Like, I, it just didn't make any sense to me. That, that ain't it. Whereas, if you're going to go hard reboot with everything then you may as well bring in a fresh perspective, a new offensive system, something that feels... I, I know Fourier was getting into it with people on on uh, on Twix about, like, why does it have to be new? What's new and different about this system versus what was washed and old about McDaniels? Like, talent wins ultimately at the end of the day, sure. but I would love to see this offense evolve. And that's what yep. anyone attached to McVay or Shanahan would probably and most likely do.
1: So I why not try something? What what do you have to lose? Yeah, no, I think you, you got to adapt with the times. I think it also gives you the best chance because the, the likelihood yeah. of them acquiring the next Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers is very slim. We all hope that whoever they get next is, is awesome. But look at what guys, whether it be McVeigh himself or those in the McVay tree or Shanahan himself or those in the Shanahan tree, have been able to get out of Let's call them average quarterbacks, mm-hmm. right? I mean, if Jimmy Garoppolo is going to a Super Bowl, if Jared Goff is going to a Super Bowl, if, you know, Tua was getting MVP votes, like all these guys who are probably, uh, you know, on their best day, the 10th or 11th best quarterback on their worst day, the 20th. But they get, they, they are able to perform at such a high level with this offense. You don't see that in the McDaniels offense unless you have Tom Brady, which they don't. Mm-hmm. Um so like you said, you're, you're interviewing multiple guys from the Rams, multiple guys from the 49ers. Yep. I think that's a good sign. One thing that you are getting, though, is with DeMarcus Covington as the D coordinator and with Gerard Mayo as the head coach, with TBD as the general manager, mm-hmm. and TBD as, man TBD as the quarterback. I brought this up with Hart last week. I mean, good, real good chance that all five of those positions, it's somebody that's never done that job before. Right? I mean, quarterback, they've done the job, but not in the NFL level. There's a good chance they have a rookie quarterback. And then everybody else might have been like an assistant or they might have been like a position coach, but they never had the type of responsibility they had. So I wonder who are they going to kind of lean on? Like who are going to be the, the other guys to to sort of help out in that situation? Yeah, that's that's
2: a great point. Like the who who is the one trusted veteran? Who is the somebody who's been there and done it at the high level who's experienced – uh, who's played the war games and who has uh, had to make big decisions with games on the line, post runs, et cetera. If you don't have that person. Okay. I mean, that it makes it a lot riskier, but you know what? At the same time, rich, it's kind of, gr- it could potentially be great because they would all learn together as opposed to just always default, you know, defaulting to like, Oh, let's go ask Josh or like, let's go ask whoever it was that's had that experience before. Like, they, they might have to just learn themselves. Like, yeah, right, right. And this is why we have to be ready for the Patriots, not anyone who's like, oh, you know, a couple of the right moves and they the get a good quarterback. Patriots could be right back in the postseason next year. Like, please, temper your expectations. No,
1: I know. Like, what the Texans did is very, very rare. You know, and and that that's a case. There was a rookie head coach in D'Amico Ryans, a rookie quarterback in C.J. Stroud, Bobby Slowick who uh, comes from the Shanahan tree, but Mm -hmm. he had never been an uh, an offensive coordinator by himself before. And so that triumvirate worked. And -hmm. then their defensive coordinator had been a defensive coordinator, I think it was Matt Burke, who had a couple years, I think, with the Dolphins and a couple years where he's back as a position coach, and then he got hired there. So relatively inexperienced coaching staff, and they got to the playoffs this year. The one name that Patriots fans are all familiar with that is available and that they've Mm -hmm. talked to, is Nick Caley. How would you feel if they hired Nick Caley as the offensive coordinator? Good. As as good as I would
2: feel about anybody else on that list because he was here, is familiar. Uh, Dante Scarnecchia spoke very highly of him as well as why tight ends coaches can potentially make excellent offensive coordinators given their knowledge of all the working parts on the offensive line and throughout uh, tight ends, receivers, quarter. Like the tight ends coach has to know Everything. And he goes out to the Rams for a while. Now, Zach Robinson was the one who got to call preseason games. So he's he's a little bit ahead of Nick Haley as far as calling plays goes, but why not? I mean, I can't, I honestly can't tell you how much better a Tanner Engstrom would be than a Clint Kubiak, than would be a Brian Flurry. I do not, I I tell you, I do not want Luke Getze. Bears fans that I know have told me, you do
1: not want Luke (laughs) Getze. Well, and I feel like Thomas Brown's an interesting candidate. So he's the offensive coordinator from the Panthers, which you hear that. You're like, Ugh, no, thanks. Sure. But he was with the Rams in 2021 20, and 22. So that's three seasons with McVay. I feel like that is better than Nick Kaylee was there for one year. Mm-hmm. Now, how much can you get out of that one year? Every person's different, right? Like he, he got a soaked it up like a sponge and he's ready to go. Or he's still, you know, he's. He learned it. Yet, is he now ready to teach it? Would be my question. So that's why I was so in favor of Zach Robinson. But you, get, right. you can't get what you want. Tanner Engstrand, who's the passing game coordinator with the Lions. We've seen what this offense looks like the last couple of years with the Lions. Could he? Be a, be a I like one, him. Maybe. I think I would like out of, out of the guys that are available and they've talked to. He would be my preferred choice. Uh, what that Lions offense has been. He's been with Ben Johnson, who everybody else likes, and he's going to be a head coach, but he's been the guy behind the guy for three years now with him. So if you could take whatever whatever that special sauce was in Detroit offensively, where you're getting Jared Goff having career years, Amon Ross St. Brown career years, Sam Laporta, one of the best, like, the rookie running back, rookie tight end had, like, historic numbers. I know their offensive line's really good, but... Yeah, I was going to say, there's a lot of pieces in play. No, they got a good like, team. I mean, yeah, they don't have the players here. Like, I, I get that part of it. But just sort of that philosophy, three years sort of shadowing Ben Johnson. I'm into that. It's funny. The way Greg Olson was talking about the broadcast last night, he's like, you know, so much is talking about coaching trees. I feel like we bring it up all the time. And he's like, Ben Johnson's kind of an interesting one. Like, he's not really the Shanahan tree. It's not the McVay. They do some – there's some overlap there, mm-hmm. but it's not just like – Straight up that one, so I'd be in. I'd be in favor of Engstrom, and they're all young. Like all the guys in this list are between thirty five and forty one years old, pretty much. But, uh, but so yeah. uh,
2: in defense of Kaylee, though, go ahead again. Maybe just maybe you are able to get a little bit of that McVeigh magic, but also having been here for so long, here is somebody who is familiar with Gerard Mayo. He's got trust with the head coach because they were here coaching at the same time. Maybe he he you know in the best of Josh McDaniels, but he's not going to be a McDaniels clone. Learn from Belichick, and could be as motivated as anybody to want to come back here and prove why he should never have been overlooked when Belichick decided to go right. with a, a fob choice in 2022, which I know we'll get into later when we talk about the the dissolution of Mac Jones from by Mark Daniels at Mass Live. Yeah, that I mean that decision continues to have cataclysmic ramifications on this organization
1: well and we're not going to know for sure but if they bring back kaylee one of my first thoughts will be like did they really go too far out of their comfort zone because think about this if they essentially this huge change right bill belichick no longer here after 24 years and then all right well who's left in place it's like well three guys that were on his staff two years ago are now all in charge Mm -hmm. like that's basically what it is and even though maybe they're kind of righting a wrong in and the, and the Nick Haley part of it, like this goes back once again to Robert Kraft's whole thing during the press conference about how he likes his companies to be private. He likes to kind of promote from within and all that kind of stuff. And True. so you have this, this league-wide search, and it's the D-line coach, their former tight end coach, and the linebacker coach. Yeah. Are like, And listen, those three guys could be amazing. We don't know yet, but I'm just saying like, that's not exactly a, hey, let's, cast a wide net and, and and bring in all these new ideas you're not really doing that well
2: they have at least uh, in speaking to 11 people and we don't know if they're done yet we haven't no. heard about no no okay true. now we're gonna wean you know we we've lost three because they've already taken jobs uh and they still have to hire a special teams coach because the first guy they offered it to said no
1: amazing he's like I'm yeah. good he stayed with the Falcons I believe right yeah, yeah. I, I think it's because he didn't
2: want to make the lateral move and move up to New England so he stayed with the Falcons with Raheem Morris yeah but Okay, so there's eight guys that could still potentially be in play. Maybe there's even more. We don't know.
1: We haven't been told. Okay, round one is over no, it's now. True. It's
2: true. Let's get to the final four or the final
1: five. All right, let's get to uh, what Fitzy was alluding to in Mac Jones. Mark Daniels uh, had, a, had a piece today talking about uh, basically the last few months for Mac Jones, what ultimately broke him. But also, the idea, too, is, is he going to be back? Like, is he possibly going to be back? Uh, we'll get to that. Your thoughts as well. at 617-779-7937. It's the Rich Keefe Show with Fitzy. Right now here is Stiz with What's Trending.
0: Now, here's What's Trending on WEEI.
3: All right, let's get you caught up with some quick headlines. The Celtics lost their first home game over the weekend to the Clippers, 115-96. to They're trying to right the ship tonight. They're hosting... The Pelicans from the TD Garden right now, about seven minutes left in the second quarter. The Pelicans up 46 to 32 over your Boston Celtics. Chris Stapps, Porzingis, Luke Cornette are both out. Al Horford is in. Coach Joe Mazzulla says both Porzingis and Cornette are considered day to day. The Bruins beat the Flyers over the weekend 6 2 in Philly. Bruins back on the ice Tuesday night when they'll host the Flames. Puck drops from Causeway Street at 7 p.m. The Super Bowl between the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers will go down in Vegas a week from Sunday, kickoff at 6.30. The Chiefs beat the Ravens yesterday in Baltimore, 17-10. Patrick Mahomes threw for 241 yards, one touchdown. Travis Kelsey, 11 receptions, 116 yards, also one touchdown. This will be the Chiefs' fourth Super Bowl appearance in the last five years. Meanwhile, in the NFC, the Lions blew a 17-point lead, losing to San Fran 34-31. Sad Red Sox news over the weekend. Former Red Sox manager Jimmy Williams passed away on Friday at the age of 80 in Florida after a brief illness. Williams was signed by the Red Sox as an amateur free agent in 1964. Williams managed minor league teams from 1974 to 79 before returning to the majors to manage the Toronto Blue Jays, Red Sox, and the Houston Astros. I'm Stiz, that's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. More Rich Keith Show coming up.
0: You can stream the show or listen on demand anytime. Just download the Odyssey app. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Save is a favorite and listen wherever you go. Now, more of the Rich Keith Show on Wei.
1: the Rich Keefe Show with Fitzy WEEI. You can join the program, 617-779-7937. Hit us up on Twitter and Instagram, at Rich Keefe Show. And you can watch the program on Twitch. Just go to twitch.tv slash Boston WEEI. You get all the shows right there from 6A all the way up until 10P. Uh, Mark Daniels Fitzy has a new article in, the, in uh, Mass Live titled, Inside the Fall of Mac Jones. Colon, how a once-promising Patriots QB unraveled. And uh, it's a lot of the stuff that we've kind of gone over. Now, they talked to several uh, sources on this, and (laughs) it it was a mess, right? And I don't think all the blame is on Mac Jones, but certainly some, even a good amount if you want, should be placed on on Mac Jones. But one of the first things that is even written in the article is one of the things that overall jumps out to me is just, how by the end of the season, Belichick didn't even talk to Mac Jones. Mac Jones didn't know that he was going to be a healthy scratch in the final game until the inactives were listed. So when you and I saw it on Twitter 90 minutes before the game, it's also when Mac Jones found out that he wasn't going to be active in the game. I mean, how disrespectful. It's amazing. How unbelievably dysfunctional. And
2: I was just going to say, boy, between Callahan and Doug Kide and Mark Daniels, there seemed to, and then, of course, there was a Wickersham piece. How many people wanted to talk behind closed doors Everybody. or in an anonymous capacity? It sounds like everyone Everybody. had something to say. Holy that smart. everyone was just, yep. like, blown away and couldn't wait to get things about this season off their chest or on the record somewhere else just without their name attached to it. But, I mean, listen, I, I, you don't. we don't even have to do the whole, like, but he's the greatest coach of all time. Like, for Bill Belichick to have just basically either punted on the season himself because he was so frustrated with the crafts and figured this was going to be the end for him or to be that at odds at wit's end with Mac Jones that you don't even talk to him at this point? Like, how many coaches don't talk to their backup quarterbacks? Like, but specifically, like, don't talk to the backup quarterbacks on purpose. Like, I'm done with this guy. So. Yeah, but
1: not only that, a guy who was your starter for so long. So it's not even just like your the backup who's God like, sakes. hey, in case of emergency, like, I don't, you know, that's one thing. But that's the guy who was your starting quarterback. And every game he at least been active for. Like, he dressed on game day. Like, you can't, you can't uh, let him know that he's not playing in the game. You can't even talk to him a little bit. And then there was a report about how Mac Jones – was saying how well I really like how the Jets have done things with Zach Wilson, like how, how like up front they've been. With he them. said it to. Did he say it to like a Jet staff? I think yes, it was somebody on the said field it to a Jet
2: staff or yeah. someone on the field, and it was overheard. Like, yeah,
1: like at least they were forthright with him and they. So know, this they also kept goes contact, back to respected him. Like I, I think this all falls under the umbrella of coaching. Like coaching isn't just all right, What are we going to do on third and three? Like there's so much more to it. There's like managing the personalities and all that, and that's what. For a 20-year run was so impressive from Belchick. Like able you know, to get the message through to so many guys and be able to, to keep it the keep it going. I wonder if some of the teams and one of the reasons why he doesn't have a job now is because so many of the teams looking for a new coach have young quarterbacks on their team. And they're like, what the hell happened up there? So even if they have – I mean, this story just came out today, but they're asking around the league. If everybody's willing to talk in New England, I'm sure word has gotten out. But, like, so why did how did Mac Jones go from runner-up for Offensive Rookie of the Year to healthy scratch in three years? How did it happen? How did he go from the Patriots' future to Patriots' pariah? Yep, in three years. And Bill not Belichick's not right in the middle of that, so – I mean, yeah, in right. You are right. You are 2000- right. Because right, right, one good year, and then it was the Matt Patricia. It was Belichick's hiring of Matt Patricia and changing the offense with a guy who can't teach the offense is what set this whole thing I, in motion. That's what it was. What a ba- how, Okay, how does somebody of Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick's
2: intellect, football acumen, and knowledge make such a, not a bad make so many bad decisions at the tail end of his? It's
1: career? It's wild, and it ultimately cost him his job because if you sink the quarterback as low as you sunk him, your team's going to be awful. And then you end up being four and 13 and your back to back years, missing the playoffs. And then Kraft's sort of in a position where he feels like he has to move on. So even if it was some sort of weird grudge against Mac Jones or whatever, it's like, okay, it's still a team game. You still, those losses go on your record, just like they go on his record and everybody else's. And he stuck with them for so long too. like, none of it makes sense. The Patricia thing doesn't make sense, and then as bad as Mac played, sticking with him and then benching him, and then like not talking to him at all, like not even having any kind of communication with him, is wild. And so also in the story, it's like if Bill Belichick was back, obviously Mac Jones is gonna be gone. But now that Gerard Mayo's here, what do you think is in the future for Mac Jones? Uh
2: I think he's gonna get it. I think if Another team doesn't come calling, and there are a couple of teams that I think would make a ton of sense, a ton of sense, to invest a mid-to-lower draft pick in Mac Jones just to rehabilitate him. Because I, I, I do not think Mac Jones is beyond rehabilitation. Really? I do not think Mac Jones is beyond repair. I do not think that Mac Jones is done in this league. No. I think wow. he just needs a fresh start with an open mind, a fresh set of eyes, and a chance to prove himself. Well, I, I Team Minnesota, Atlanta, San Francisco, let him compete for a backup job. Let him compete for a starting job someplace. Let him go on a prove-it-or-lose-it tour not somewhere to go,
1: else. Not to go full shrink, right? I uh, just have my bachelor's degree. I don't have any advanced uh, uh, diplomas. Mm-hmm. It talks in the story about how he is act- he's much more broken mentally than he is physically. And I would say that's tough for him because he's not physically the greatest quarterback in the world or anywhere near it. But it's a lot easier to rehab your shoulder or your elbow or your knee than it is to fix whatever is going on in your brain. And so that's what I want, like, this version of Mac. Now a new team, a new offensive coordinator, you know, receivers that can actually run after the catch, like those things would all help it. But I wonder, like, he was trying to do too much to keep his job. I wonder if he's going to try to do too much to, like, get a new job, and then that does not play to his skill set. That leads to some horrible throws. And so I don't know that that, that is a big like fixer upper if you are a, another team. Well, don't forget he was
2: he w- he was like in the tops in yardage and touchdowns after the first couple weeks. I know he had the terrible pass where he threw it too hard to, uh, you know Kendrick Bourne on that first play. It's off his hands. It's into Darius Slay. It's a yeah. big six. Why did he throw it? That uh Devontae Parker, yeah, uh, yeah. Xavier Howard, all those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like. He was looking okayish at the start of the season and then when it decided to go sideways and go bad, it went real sideways and real bad. <laughs> to me, <laughs> yeah, I've mentioned before Rich, we need a mini documentary. We need a 30 for 30 on what happened during the bye week in 2021 because the Patriots were 9 and 4. Yeah. And they were the number 1 seed in the AFC and we were all cock of the
1: walk and we <laughs> were just know. absolutely Oh, sure it was going to be bat- Pats Bucks Super Bowl. Ah, there was a week there where that was that seemed like a possibility. It. Yeah. It was an inevitability.
2: It was a reality. It was yeah. half book your tickets. This is on. Nope, and then that was it. They come back from the bye and they were ghastly. Like they got smoked by the Colts and then they uh they eventually get smoked by the Dolphins. They they beat the freaking Jags, who had Daryl mm-hmm. Bevel as head coach at that point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And who else did they lose uh they lost one other game after the Colts game too. It was uh, a mess. The Bills and uh Dolphins. Yeah, oh, the Bills on the 26th, that's right. So just a miserable tail end of that season as well. Look, he's not as great as he was at the high points of the 2021 season, but he's not as bad as he was at the low points of 2023. Like, it adds a little context, at least. It adds a little context that he had a stinger during the Germany game and could barely pick up his right arm. So the combination of the battered battered mentality... Vidarian Lowe getting smoked on that play by the Colts pass rusher, and then Mac having a limp, like a dead arm. <laughs> all goes into the yeah. interception. Like, he, he just, uh, you can't even imagine what somebody, like, we've all been in situations with friends or girlfriends, spouses, parents that were super disapproving, and what that does to your psyche momentarily or in the long run. I mean, just imagine what it was like to be beloved by Belichick, the organization, the fan base, and then have them not even want to look at you. <laughs> less than two years later, after they basically tried to submarine
1: your career with that god awful offensive scheme change, like in Ma- Matt Patricia. Patricia last year. Turns, turns out Matt Patricia, terrible defensive coordinator, and that's where he has spent his entire career. And now you're having him run the offense, and yeah. while he's running the offense, he's also coaching the offensive line. So and not Bill, doing either well. Bill Belichick thought. This shows that maybe he doesn't respect anybody. He thought that Matt Patricia Go could on. do the job of Josh McDaniels and Dante Scarnecchia in the same year. Mm-hmm. Three thought. So at one point you had the best offensive line coach, maybe in the history of football. Mm-hmm. You had an accomplished offensive coordinator. They're both gone. And you're like, Oh yeah, the, the guy that used to call our defense, which I really kind of oversaw anyway, but the sort of the next guy down on defense, <laughs> let's have him run the offense with a second year quarterback. Good news is this. The kid was pretty good as a rookie We're gonna change the offense on him and we're gonna have this guy try to call the plays, and we're gonna run the offense that San Francisco ran. And Kendrick Bourne, who played in San Francisco, knows how poorly it was being taught, so he's gonna get mad. But we're gonna bench his ass, so don't worry about that. Then Mac Jones is gonna get upset, but we're gonna we're gonna really make him struggle with it. That was the plan, and that's why again I think all these teams that was it. (laughs) That's not fake. That like that is those are all facts in there, and I just feel like if you're Washington and you're like hey what if drake may doesn't get out to a hot start is uh is bill belcheck going to talk to him is bill belcheck going to uh, surround him with the best pieces around like probably not first thing you do I'm get not... there and trade away terry McLaurin. yep you're get ready. get out You don't need him see you later no. and then yes. mean, yeah what's he
2: gonna, is he going to stink eye drake may if he goes to washington yeah, there it's was weird. a piece there was a piece uh, i see i think it was like in the monday morning you know 10,000 word peter king column or something like yeah. that um, saying that you know he was getting the feel that Belichick may have to rehabilitate his image to get a head coaching job, so maybe there is now. How much time do you um, have you know? I mean, really, but what that? Well, that's maybe why mm-hmm. a year on TV where he comes across as more affable. You know, I would hardly ever say conciliatory, but like where Belichick showcases his knowledge, shows a little personality, seems easier to work with. I mean, because. It, doesn't exact, it didn't exactly come across as Belichick was willing to uh, bridge gaps that came open or heal yeah, wounds and be a great uniter the last couple of years.
1: Yeah, I wonder. I don't know if that's going to help him because look at the wave of this. And there's still two jobs that need to be filled. We both think Ben Johnson's going to get one of them. Mm-hmm. And so if that's the case, Mayo, Brian Callahan, Antonio Pierce, Ben Johnson, Dave Canales are all rookie head coaches. I know Pierce was the interim, but those are all rookie head coaches. Raheem Morris, young guy, had one gig when he was too young for it. He kind of went back, had a lot of success. He gets a job. And then Jim Harbaugh, who's kind of in his own category. So, like, the league is going with the younger guys. They're always going to skew more offense going forward. I think I read it was like uh, the last 50 hires, 30-something of them have been offense. So it's definitely skews offense. So three, basically three out of every four at this point. Now. I, oh, it's three out of four. Yeah, so wow. I think Bill's kind of uh, – in a tough spot, that's why we said teams like the Jets or the Cowboys or the Bills that really need to emphasize this next year or next two years, it would have made sense. But if all those teams are sticking with their guys, I don't know why any of these other teams would think that he would be the right answer. And hey, if Arthur Blank got talked out of it by all the guys underneath him, then like, I don't know how many owner or you know how many teams would say this is what's best for our team going forward. Is it? I mean, he's made
2: to come into a situation yeah. where you've got the talent, and he's supposed to use his brilliance and experience and knowledge of the game to help you cross the finish line or get to where you were unable to get to with your previous boob coach.
1: So you said you think Mac Jones could be rehabilitated, but does any part of you think that that could happen here? No. Yeah, okay. But he's not done initially, so in the... No, he's he's under contract, I mean, and it's a cheap year, so depending on who's actually running the team, they might view that as, hey, we can keep this guy... I just... I don't know, because even if you... If you draft somebody, that guy might not be ready week one. So then you're really going to start Mac Jones? Or if you if you sign a guy or whatever and then he gets hurt, now it's Mac Jones. So this two years ago, you know, to say that, hey, Bill Belichick's going to be gone. We're going to turn it over to Gerard Mayo, Nick Caley, DeMarcus Covington, and Mac Jones still. I'm like, as a fan, I'd be like, that's I got to get rid of Mac Jones. I can't have him back out there. Even if, you know, Bailey Zappi's not... Much better, but I'd rather have Bailey Zappi start a couple of games next year than Mac Jones. I think I think fans would have a revolt if it was Mac Jones. Uh,
2: I mean, we don't know what the relationship between Mayo and Mac Jones is. We don't know if if true. He was was at the the press conference right in his workout gear, which is always great. Hey, Coach, (laughs) just got a sweat in. (laughs) Still grinding, Coach. I'm ready. You know, I'm. I'm actually in between sets.
1: How much longer do you got up here? Because I got to get back down there. I got to get back on the old uh, the old bench. My hit. Got to go
2: down for a stretch (laughs) yoga cold tub later. I, I don't know what their relationship is like. Right. I don't know what Mayo right, right, thinks. Right. He hasn't spoken on it yet. I don't think he's going to anytime soon. The article does go on to say that it is highly, the, high, but I highly unlikely. I mean, the Patriots are not going to pick up the fifth-year option, but that is no spoiler alert. No, that God, no, no. That is no breaking news to anyone. And that sources did indicate, uh, you wonder who those sources are that are talking to Daniels or anyone that will listen, that sources indicated that uh, – there's not an immediate plan to move him, but if the right offer comes across, they'll they'll gladly deal him away. So, I
1: th- what do you think his th- value is?
2: I, I I think if somebody offered
1: a fourth for him, they would take it. Yeah, I think they should just take it, yeah. add it to the pile of picks, and, and go mm-hmm. from there. I also wonder if the best time to trade him might be during the draft. So there might be a team. That says, hey, day two, we're gonna look and see. Like, you know, depending on how our board lines up, we're gonna want a quarterback. And then right. maybe the quarterback's get picked way too high and they're like, Well, we don't want to wait and take a real dart throw in the seventh. What if we trade one of our picks tonight and get Mac Jones? Like I th- I wouldn't rule that out. That might Let's be Let's the- have
2: Penix and Mac Jones like try to beat each other out uh <laughs> for a job
1: someplace. Why not? An open competition. Who knows? Yeah. I think it I think it could be I think what also hurts him is Josh McDaniels isn't in the league, because that would have been the obvious one. Josh McDaniels, we're like, oh, he's going to bring in Garoppolo. Yep, he sure did. And if if McDaniels was still in Vegas, then I could see Mac Jones going there. I don't know where around the league who would want him. I mean, I don't think the Niners would. I'm not a Brock Purdy fan, but, I mean, he's playing in the Super Bowl in two weeks. I think they would. I think, you know, they Sam, might. Darnold, they might. Sam Darnold was fine
2: at best, yeah. but, like, He's not gonna. You don't need to hold on to him anymore. If you can get Mac Jones for dimes or donuts on the dollar, why yeah. not take that chance?
1: Uh, yeah, and I don't think it'd be. It wouldn't be much because he he only has one cheap year left. Because that fifth year, like for a first round pick, kind of balloons up. So if you're only over keep, twenty million, yeah. yeah, if you're only bringing him in for value, it's really just this year. But yeah, they that the QB room is gonna be one of the big questions and. You know, if they take one at three, all right, that sort of settles it. But if they don't take one at three, like that, really opens the the whole thing up. And at this yeah, point, I, I still I want know. a veteran. I I I want a, I want
2: a mix. I want mm-hmm. a veteran, and I want I want a high. I would like a higher end draft pick, and like I a good veteran, or like a Jacoby Brissett to mentor a guy. I don't want Jacoby Brissett. Okay, <laughs> God, that just that just tell, that is yeah. you want to talk about just like walking, you know, walking downstairs on Friday night. Yep you know, with uncombed hair, you know, stink breath and sweatpants. Like, there is no chance this is the unsexiest thing you could pot. Like, that is just putting a not interested sign on the front mm-hmm. lawn.
1: All right, let's go to the phones. we got Bill in Holyoke. He joins us next. What's going on, Bill?
4: Hey, dude. The, um, I, I think of Tom Coughlin when I think of Bill Belichick. Michael Strahan told a story about how Coughlin was like Parcells. Total attitude, total, but he had a 500 record. And, like, a couple of times he goes in the playoffs and does well. But Coughlin conformed to the player. He stopped with the attitude. He stopped with the attitude with the press. You know, and the Belichick in Cleveland, he knew he didn't have the horses. He actually took the press out to dinner because he needed the press on his side. He comes to the Patriot. Parcells designed a football team that was pretty much ready to win. The difference was Tom Brady, which you got to give credit to Belichick for making that move, but Belichick's been a little schizophrenic over the past 30 years, you know? And Coughlin made the decision to, I got no other choice but to listen to the players because they don't see what I'm saying. Coughlin made the transition. Belichick was able to win, but let's face it, Bill thought his not stink to the point where he didn't need to draft well. But at the end of the day, that's why he doesn't have a job right now.
1: Mm -hmm. yeah and it also goes back to I mean once again Tom Brady being able to take hard coaching not every quarterback would especially in today's era like not every guy would be able to put up with that for 20 years you saw how it ended with Brady I just think a lot of other quarterbacks even with the success would have been out way earlier like I don't think Peyton Manning would have listened to that as much as maybe he would say oh it'd be fun to play with Bill like no I don't think he would have liked that Aaron Rodgers might have burned hot for a couple years but I don't think he would have liked that overall so yeah, I don't know if Bill's going to uh really change too much and not all the players are going to going like that.
2: That's for sure. Yeah, and wh- where would he and where would he go where they would want all of that, you know, like really really hard coaching at this point. Unless yeah, unless it was ownership that signed off of it and said, right. "I think we're underperforming and we need someone to come here and whip everybody into shape."
1: Uh, halftime of the Celtics game, you were right, Fitzy. You had a bad feeling about it. They're down 10 to the Pelicans at the half. Yeah. Hey now. Ooh. What is going on there? Zion Williamson with ten for keeping track of our uh, bet de Jours. Uh, Stiz had Jalen Brown over two and a half threes. I think it was Stiz. Yeah, two and a half. Is at zero? <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> Every time he lets me down. But when Andy Hard takes him, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's got nine points. No Porzingis tonight. Looks like they uh, they're missing him. Fifty points for the, as far as the Celtics are concerned. That's a really low scoring first half. Jeez, what are they? What's the uh, overall from three? Uh, six of twenty five. So they have picked off, uh, picked up exactly where they left off from Saturday, uh. where they couldn't throw it in the ocean against the Clippers. All right, so you can add them to the conversation, 617-779-7937. It was a huge sports weekend, AFC, NFC championship games. You had Celtics in action. You had the Bruins in action. Also, the Royal Rumble. We'll have a Royal Rumble recap coming up next here on WEI.
0: Watch the show anytime via our live stream on Twitch. Just go to twitch.tv slash Boston And check out WEEI on YouTube for our video on demand content updated daily. Now, more of the Rich Keefe Show on WEEI.
1: C-W-E-E-I, Royal Rumble Weekend, just came and went. That is the theme song for Cody Rhodes, your Royal Rumble winner. Was Cody now-
2: Rhodes somebody who had an action movie in the 90s, and these are the end credits?
1: It's, it feels like it, doesn't it?
2: it? It does. Cody
1: Rhodes, the son of a plumber, the, uh, the American dream, Dusty Rhodes. He is the American nightmare, Cody Rhodes, and he has now won back-to-back Rumbles. So his road to WrestleMania begins... So Saturday night took place. A bunch of us were in a uh, rumble pool. Stiz, not a fan of it. Stiz was texting me Saturday night. He's like, "What is this nonsense?" Yeah,
3: I have a couple. I have a couple negatives that I'd like right, to uh,
1: elaborate. You want me to get to go it ahead, now? Yeah, but please. I do have a
3: positive though
1: too. Oh, oh do okay. Do a I do. compliment sandwich then. Give me a negative, positive, negative. Okay,
3: <laughs> negative. I felt like, and and this may be old man yelling at Sky, but I felt like there were no star like everyone looked the same to me right mm-hmm. like no one really stood out like, and, joey
1: wrestler jimmy wrestler yeah, well yeah. it's one Joe of the wrestler.
2: one of the things that you lack i will say one of the reasons why i sort of fell out of faith there's still obviously billions of wrestling fans but uh i used to love the idea when you could have broader sort of stereotypical characters like you can't have yoko zuna yeah, right. and you know earthquake tugboat Iron Chic Hulk Hogan. Oh yeah, the nineties.
1: The nineties was great because everybody had a profession. Like the de- everybody the dentist was, there's or- a cop, a dentist. <laughs> yeah. There's a uh, big boss man, yeah. Sergeant yeah. Slaughter. And then like some of them would hit like the Undertaker. Then you have like the yeah. greatest character ever. and Then you have a whole bunch like the Repo Man. You're like, what the hell? Yeah. But uh, no, now they've they've sort of pivoted years ago to basically being like souped up UFC fighters now. Like, they're all kind of, like, I hate it, like, first name, last name, first name, last name. Yes. Like, be something yes. Exactly. different. Yes. That's a you. great way to put it. Like, first that.
3: name, last name. I saw a lot here's of Here's your name.
2: winner, <laughs> bake. <Clambake. laughs> like, I, just, I like, want something like that. I yeah. don't
1: just want, like, here's your winner, yeah. Reese Musselman. Yeah. I wanted, uh, so I'm a little bit more used to it than Stiz. Stiz hasn't watched it in a while. So you're right. There is a little bit of that. It's also, the Rumble sets up WrestleMania, Whereas, mm-hmm. like, the the winner of each Rumble, the men's and women's, then gets to challenge somebody for the title at WrestleMania. So you know you're not going to get, like, too far outside the box. Like, yeah. as soon as you, you see somebody go in the ring, you're like, there's no chance that person wins. And then there is no chance. So the two favorites for the men's Rumble were Cody Rhodes and CM Punk. Mm-hmm. They were the final two in there. You
3: knew it was coming down to them.
1: I know, but I honestly didn't know which one was going to win between the two. So as much as there wasn't, like, surprises, like, I didn't, like, I wasn't gonna bet a fortune on one of them or the other. I didn't know who's gonna be. It ended up being Cody. Turns out today, CM Punk, torn triceps. Yeah, torn Ooh. triceps. Yeah,
3: he hurt himself. He
1: also doesn't look great. He's old. He is old. He's older. The moves don't look right. He's not like Like everybody else is like flying. You have some crazy athletes now. In yes. There. Like, yeah, for sure. Like Logan Paul. He is so good. As Logan much as I want Paul to hate on that kid. Say- oh, I know. He's so good. He's great, and he immediately gets the heat from the fans. None of the fans want to like him. He's been wrestling for like six minutes, and he's out there with Kevin Owens, who's been wrestling his entire life. I like that. Give give credit to that kid because he is
3: taking it seriously. He's learning it, and you can tell he's passionate about it.
2: I've always had the strangest, you know, hate more than love affair with wrestling. When you have people, you know, like uh, like a Logan Paul. Anyone that was a, that has established themselves either in another arena or especially in like UFC, like Ronda, uh, was it R- Ronda Rousey? Like, yeah, she came uh, right in. A woman who's like good. delivered, you know, delivered punishment, got her ass kicked herself. Yeah, and then all of a sudden now she's coming in and she's acting and like doing the whole yeah. physical performance. Like, I it just like that's not part of the sell to me.
1: Yeah. Uh, did you end up watching the whole thing or did you just no no no? I had a I had a party to go. <laughs> I, I, uh,
2: I, 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 I had a party. I had some other going on. I, I, I watched some
1: highlights later. So, uh, uh,
2: all I know is I didn't get a, a text or a Venmo alert from you, so I'm imagining I didn't win the pool. You
1: did not win the pool. No, sadly, sadly you did not. It was funny. Andy Hart had uh, Nia Jax, who is just like a, 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 a first out. Larger woman. No, yeah, she's a big, she's a she's a tough woman to eliminate is a nice way of saying it at the Rumble. Yeah. She tossed out like a ton of people. She uh, eventually lost, but... She had the most eliminations, so there was that. The other thing, talking about anticlimactic, is this Roman Reigns is on like a three and a half year run as Good champion. God, so he wins oh, again. Like, he's going to win every single Ridiculous. time.
3: Ridiculous. And so that I will, I'll do a positive, and then that's going to be my final negative. Okay. But the po- the positive, and it's funny you mentioned UFC.
1: They had a press conference for this after. Yeah, yeah I legit like it. UFC, it.
3: which I thought is kind of although kind of lame wild. In
1: the press conference, Triple H was up there. And they're like, "Oh, what can you tell us about this latest like tri- uh, Vince McMahon lawsuit?" He's like, "Oh, I haven't seen it."
3: Yeah, I was no, like
2: he said he didn't
1: okay, read the. I lawsuit. haven't
2: seen yeah, it. sitting there.
1: He oh yeah, it's not big yeah, news. Well, it's not we'll in your world.
2: Evaluate role. all of those. Yeah, yeah. Right. Thanks, coach.
3: The like, positive uh, from that though. Yeah, I trust Triple H. In uh, a leadership role, in this role, seeing him up there, I'm like, oh, I, I like this. I think the company's in good hands. I with think this
1: he'll guy. be able to turn around. I mean, right now, I don't know how they're going to handle this whole thing. I mean, he was probably advised by his lawyers, like, hey, you can't, yeah, right now, say anything.
3: But they didn't completely dodge it. They kind of gave you a generic, yeah. like, listen, we're going to do whatever, whatever. Like, Cody Rhodes has asked and, about Co- it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he answered it too. Well, it's
1: funny, like with that, like some of the best wrestling stuff over the years is when they when they blur reality and then fake stuff. But mm-hmm. then, like, th- then you. Know, the these weird press conference situations where they're like hey talk about like your character like doing this and then oh by the way talk about this like ho- this insane lawsuit where your former boss is like the worst guy so yeah they're they kind of throw the needle but usually the royal rumble has a lot of surprises there wasn't really a lot of surprises no. people keep waiting for the rock to show up didn't i was waiting for the no. rock to show up didn't That's happen a didn't is there happen. another
2: event? Is WrestleMania before the UFL
1: kicks off? E- oh, good question. So WrestleMania think they is. I could use a little cross promo. When is the. Uh, um, I want to say March 30th. Oh, yeah. WrestleMania is in April, I believe. Oh, so, yeah. So, eh. yeah, they're going to have to speed that up if you want to get a little promo for the <laughs> oh, rock yeah. in there. But anyway, I mean, I thought, it was, I thought it was fine. It wasn't the greatest event in the world. But if you already had Peacock from the last couple of football games. Yeah, that made it, was, it all right. Suddenly I, it was worth I, it. I, I checked it out. All right, we got three hours down, one hour to go on the Rich Keith Show, including Grab Bag coming up at 920. So go nowhere. It's the Rich Keith Show with Fitzy here on WEI.